0: The following guided meditation was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So sitting comfortably and recognizing that there is this body here, this it's really a mystery in the in a way, this experience of sensitivity. Normally we say the mind is sensitive or the heart is sensitive, but now we can not just leave that as a thought, but actually realize in a more immediate sense that there is a sensitivity. Right now, the heart, what we call the heart, is exposed to whatever arises and is felt. Whatever arises and is experienced and there's really no stopping this sensitivity. We can be in moments for moments forgetful that the heart, that the mind is sensitive or exposed or vulnerable. But whether we are aware of this sensitivity or we're distracted, unaware, still the heart remains sensitive, exposed. All life long, this heart is feeling. So in a direct way, we're just more honestly acknowledging that this heart, the sensitive heart, is feeling right now what it's feeling. And whether that feeling is a kind of numbness or a kind of hardness or a kind of warmth, kind of energetic feeling, whatever it might be, pleasant or unpleasant. We just acknowledge that this is how it feels. This is the sensitivity. This isn't a mistake. The fact that we're feeling something doesn't mean we made, did something wrong. It just comes with the territory of being a sensitive being, being a human being. And the more we sustain this honest reflection about the sensitive heart, the more that it becomes clear to us this first noble truth that the Buddha talks about, that there is something fundamentally uneasy anxious, unfinished, unsettled about the heart. And again, this isn't a mistake. It's just what's there when we take the time. So even if your heart's feeling pretty good right now, even right at the core of things for you, it's a pleasant feeling, even that is uneasy because on some level the mind understands that it won't always be this way or that this pleasant state I'm in right now is vulnerable to change. So whether we're aware of it or not, we can maybe sense a subtle instability or a subtle uncertainty, a subtle kind of exposure And of course, we also notice what our tendency, how we tend to react or control that. I care about this sensitive heart. So the first part of forgiveness practice is this basic understanding that the sensitive heart is relevant. The rawness, this experience of exposure or vulnerability, or just more generally how the heart feels, is relevant in our lives. It's not a problem to solve. It's actually how we connect with our life. The sensitive heart is relevant. Not as a thought, not as an idea, but the direct, immediate feeling into the heart, sensing into the heart, whether that feels numb or nothing is there, hot or cool, it's relevant. And the more we have that basic respect for the sensitivity of the heart, we just start to get more familiar with the territory, maybe even now for you. Sort of the sense mapping out the wounds, the old wounds, the places of pain, the juicy places, places where there's energy. So this is the terrain that includes both the body and our thought and memory. A sense of unfinished business that we'd rather not remember, rather not feel. All those places where one way or another we justify staying away, justify keeping it buried, covered up. when we'll be talking a little later this morning about places of shame and unworthiness. All those lawsuits that remain unresolved between us and other people, even lawsuits we have against the world itself. It's not the world I signed up for, not the world I want. Places of self-righteousness, Hate and rage places of feeling a victim, feeling defeated, feeling oppressed. And just uh hold the question today as we do our work together. Is it safe to feel into these places? to begin to re-own the wounds and the places that are unfinished, the places that are scary. Is it okay to soften, to be intimate? Perhaps all human beings are wounded each in their own way, having navigated their lives, the twists and turns, the joys and sorrows, perhaps everybody has unfinished business. These entanglements, these unseen wounds, And we begin to open with the first insight in this work, which is that it is possible to be interested, whether initially it's just circling around those places that are unresolved, or touch and go, but that there is this other path other than avoidance and distraction and repression Which is to be interested in the unfinished business. Not to deny or blame or resign ourselves to bitterness, some story about how life is unfair. We can actually be curious. But it means, this curiosity means we let go of any kind of story we have. Like the story, I'm going to gain victory over these places of pain. Maybe through revenge and then we'll be even. Or maybe by pretending that I don't care that you hurt me or that I hurt you. Or that I hurt myself. Maybe the resolution is moving into these places with an openness, not a certainty, but a curiosity, and a deepening fearlessness that this is the way. And that opens us to a reframing of what grieving, healthy grieving is, not something to be avoided, But the skillful way, grieving is the word we use for the skillful way of letting pain, letting hurt, letting these wounds unwind and heal. Grieving is the word we use when we let whatever needs to move, move. Whatever needs to be felt, be felt. Whatever needs to be understood, we allow it to be understood. And of course, this real grieving, this wholesome grieving, takes time and courage and persistence and patience. But maybe all of us to some degree have learned that this hard way, in a sense, is the easy way, or there's no avoiding it. This is, of course, how we begin to loosen the habit of telling ourselves stories about our pain, our unresolved pain, stories that are seductive and always star a strong sense of me or mine, you and yours, these dualistic ways of thinking. And this opens us to the the next more subtle level in this practice, this process of forgiveness and healing, which is what in Buddhist practice we call insight or a shift in view, shift in one's attitude or understanding. So when we do the opening work of just softening the heart, recognizing that the heart is sensitive, starting to map out the wounds, the unfinished business here in our heart, learning what wholesome grieving is all about, how to be intimate, how to let the pain move, how to let everything move, everything unfold, trusting the intelligence of the wounds themselves to unwind. Then that allows for the fourth step, which is this, moment or moments of healing, which is really another way of saying moments of insight, a shift in understanding. So one of the first shifts of understanding is when we directly see that it's our thinking, our understanding about this inner pain that creates the inner pain. That the pattern of thinking, the way we think about these wounds, the harm somebody has done to us, the harm we've done to another, the harm we've done to ourselves. It's the habit of thinking about it within a particular frame like you did it, I did it. that causes, that reestablishes the pain, the crunch in the heart, the depth, of the ache. One of our teachers here who's since passed away, one of our original board members, Craig Vollmer, used to teach a forgiveness workshop for many years here at the center, and he would ask a question in a reflection like this whose energy is causing the pain right now? So when we feel the squeeze in the heart, feel some kind of dead weight in our heart around some unfinished business, some unresolved pain, whose energy is causing the pain right now? Why is it so hard to let go of our grudges. There's some story about how they deserve our resentment or I deserve my hate, my self-hate. They don't, I don't deserve forgiveness. It's like we have this sense of being personally responsible for distributing the pain of karma. Like, well, Somebody did something bad, so they need to hurt, so I'm going to get tight and either shoot it at them, shoot the tightness at them, or shoot the tightness at myself. But of course, we immediately hurt. This heart right here is what hurts. So this is the first insight This is not a small thing. This happens many, many times in our practice. You might see it right now in your own experience. You might remember moments in the past where you really directly, immediately saw the relationship between how the mind was understanding, the kind of story the mind was repeating, and the crunch in the heart, the dead weight in the heart, the ache in the heart. And we begin to correlate that whenever there's ill will in in our heart, toward ourselves, toward another, toward the whole world, whenever there's ill will, the heart hurts. When there's not ill will, the heart experiences the freedom of non-aversion, of no ill will, no hate, no resentment. and then to learn to sustain those moments where we see that the heart is participating the mind the thinking mind the conceiving mind is participating in its own suffering and to sustain the letting the natural letting go that happens we the next insight is really sensing the difference between forgiving which is a moment of letting go of ill will. So we're learning that that moment of letting go of ill will, dropping ill will, seeing the unnecessariness of ill will, is different than trusting somebody to be skillful, or trusting ourselves to be skillful, or trusting the world to be fair. So it's not the same thing. Dropping ill will doesn't mean we have a sentimental or superficial idealistic idea of somebody. So you might think about somebody that you're working on forgiving or you're someplace where you're practicing forgiving yourself, maybe for some addictive pattern. But just because you drop, you're willing to drop the toxic ill will, doesn't mean you trust yourself never to do that again. Because whether we do something or whether somebody else does something unskillful again, that has everything to do with the momentum of habit energy, not whether we're learning that it's wise to drop ill will, to forgive. So this leads us to the third insight, which is it's actually safe to live our life without being certain about who's guilty, who's not guilty, who should be punished, who doesn't deserve to be punished. Any kind of fixed views around all the lawsuits in our mind, in our heart, all the un untended wounds that we feel that actually we can be have a really wholesome healing relationship to these wounds without needing a fixed story a fixed view about them we can in a way ventilate them with just holding sometimes we talk about it as a don't know mind but it isn't a feeble or a weak way just because we're not falling into the habit of needing certainty about what happened or who's to blame. We're much more interested in the reality that my heart feels like this now. This is how it feels in the body and the mind. So these are just three ways to talk about the insights that come in practice. The insight that our mind is participating is the primary cause for the crunch, the weight, the dead weight, the unresolved pain in our hearts, how our mind is thinking about it, the story the mind is repeating about it, how our mind is framing it. And that when we realize that whatever ill will the mind is repeating, that pattern of the ill will, of hate, hating others, hating ourselves, it can be dropped. And what allows us to sustain the dropping, the non-aversion, is understanding that abandoning ill will does not mean abandoning intelligence about how to navigate our lives about trusting, about how we take care of ourselves, keep ourselves safe, right? Whether we're safe from our own addictive patterns or safe from other people who are being unskillful, who are abusing us or harming us in some way, we can abandon ill will because it isn't helping and take care of ourselves So again, the fruit of this reflection is just a deeper, clearer sense of forgiveness as the renouncing of anger and ill will, resentment against someone or something. That's it. It's just a willingness to abandon, to let go of ill will because it isn't helping, it's hurting. So just as we finish up this reflection, ask yourself, maybe you repeat the question a few times in your mind, am I willing to consider the letting go of ill will? Or am I willing to consider the letting go, the falling away of resentment? Is my mind or heart actually dependent on the story of being resentful or the story of hating myself or hating another? Do I need the identification to that story? Because the heart cares because the heart cares, it offers mercy. We don't hear that word very much. Right? We we offer ourselves this tender hearted mercy. That's why there's a letting go of ill will and resentment because the heart cares about this heart right here. because we felt identified with the pain and the fear we thought you know mistakenly thought that we needed to withhold our own compassion that we couldn't take care of ourselves by letting go of ill will so if your eyes have been closed feel free to open them and adjust